Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned to the very end to find out how you can help us make a difference. So we're reading in Matthew chapter 10, verse 19. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death and father his child. And children will rise against their parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Why? Because that's the real guy. That's the one who really believed. Listen, if your faith faults, then it may not have been real from the beginning. You see, that's what Jesus is saying. We must believe it. Listen, what makes me keep going is I know I'm forgiven. You see, I know that all that I am comes from him. Why would I ever abandon him? Can't abandon him. He's never going to abandon me. Mm. You see, the deepest loyalty. For the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, Flee to the next, for truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. But what I tell you in the dark, say in the light, what you hear, whisper, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall on the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Now I'm trying to explain this in truth here. Balance. Okay? He's not saying that you got in your heart and now you're going to go around and shoot everybody. That's what he's talking about. He's saying when you step foot on this earth, the earth is going to tremble and they are going to hate you for it. You see, they're going to hate you for it because of what you're going to be able to be capable of. Amen. It's like the X-Men. Everybody's fearful of what the X-Men can do. The yep. mutants have their powers. So they start coming against them. They start persecuting the mutants. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the, with the kingdom of God. We are not of this world. When you step foot in the room, they're going to be threatened by you. You see what I'm saying? Those who don't love the light but love darkness. Amen. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. At the same time, you have to remember, Jesus is the one who tells you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You see? Perfect balance. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it or loses his life for my sake will find it. So there's the other gospel portion that says talks about loving God more than him. But I think there's a reason why Luke tells it this other way. Hating. Because it's like hate, man. When you start following the Lord, you've abandoned all things. You see? Check this out. For which of you, we're back over here at Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? Whether he has enough to complete it, 
Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. How many times have you started something and couldn't finish it, and everyone mocked you? Not a lot. Yep. Yeah. The reason yeah. why is because we didn't count the cost. Mm. We must count the cost of following Christ. Counting the cost of following Christ is to gain, to lose everything, and, but to gain everything. Okay? It's a worthy investment. But we have to realize the cost. So is it also talking about like we'll gain like we'll gain our spirit, like we'll start to gain our like our our true being as we're as we lay ourselves down, we'll begin to. Is that what that verse is talking about? Uh, it's talking about losing your life. It's talking about really the cost of discipleship. See, Christianity isn't just about saying a sinner's prayer. There is no sinner's prayer in the Bible. Peace. It's heartfelt commitment, covenant. Walking it's like down. getting married. He's, you lose everything. Yeah. Listen, when if you decide to marry one woman, you forsook all the others. You see? Well, it said that it, you'll you'll gain it. Right? <clears throat> so what are you gaining? Jesus. Jesus. So everything life. that, that Jesus, that life, all the... When the disciples were following Jesus, Jesus turned around and told everyone, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. And they all left by the droves. <sighs> he turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave me too? He says, what do we have? We've left everything to follow you. You're, yeah. And you have the words of life. Yeah. See, to the disciples, it wasn't about the things that they had, which is the pride of life, the pride of possession. They didn't care about that. They only cared about the word they received from Jesus. Life. Life. They knew that life was more than food and drink. Their spirit. Something. The soul. The yeah. soul of the pure. What is it? The prophet of man to gain the whole world but lose the soul. Lose your mind. Live in deception. A facade of success. What does it say? There are people that are rich and successful millionaires right now that shoot themselves in the head. They call it double Because they're not happy. Yeah. Because those things that they pursued never really brought happiness. Then there's people in third world countries that have absolutely nothing, but they're the happiest people in the world. Philippines. And it's because they have Christ. People who are dying and being persecuted for their faith in China in an underground church, but they're the happiest people alive. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great far away off, he sent a, de a delegation to ask for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. That's He just defined to you what it meant to hate. Okay, why? We truly don't love people. Apart from the love of Christ. You can never truly love someone without knowing the love of Christ. We don't know how to love. All we know how to really love is ourselves. So the truth is, the reason why we, we don't want to give up our mother and our father is because it would hurt us. Mm. Why? Because we're getting something from them. Oh, but I can't, I can't forsake. I can't ever forsake my kids. That's because you don't want to forsake yourself. You don't really love them. You love yourself. <laughs> you know? So here's what happens. He says, listen, you need to scrap it all. You're cooking meat on a poopy counter. Sure. You need to scrap it all. And then let me give you these things back in proper order. In proper purity. In a proper way. Okay. That's See? what I was looking for. So you don't know how to love. So forsake all things. Pursue me. Love me only. I'll teach you what it means to love. Because then the whole ministry of Jesus is all about love. You know. It's all about love. But what we have to do first is scrap all that we know. 
in order to follow him to learn love. <laughs> Greater love has no one than this and let someone lay down his life for his friends. Asking nothing in return. Forgiving your enemies. You see, it's crazy how he tells us to, love, to hate our family but to love our enemies. You see, why? Because we're getting something from our family. In other words, we don't know how to love. Yeah. We have to learn how to forsake all things. Yeah. Pursue him. Let him teach me what it really means to love. Intimacy. Then he gives it back. Um, dropped, let's see here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. So we, we were just in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. And we were in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16 through 39. And Matthew 4, verse 18 through 22. So those are the passages we were just looking at. Now we're going to go over here to... Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, okay? Matthew chapter 4, verse 18? Uh-huh. <clears throat> 22? Yeah. Okay. So he says right here, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers... James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father followed him. I want to point out the word immediately. When Jesus calls a man, no questions asked. Full abandon. They left their father, which means they left their family business. You're fishermen now. But I shall give you a new identity. I want to point out one other thing, too. Because uh, it talked about Simon and Peter. Simon and Peter and Andrew. All right, so there's another account about this. Okay, uh, There's another. Luke chapter 5, verse 8 is actually the same account. But it goes into more detail about this conversation that happened with Luke chapter 5, verse 8. Luke chapter 5, verse 8. Let me show you what happened. Why did they follow Jesus? What happened? What there's a deeper conversation. All we see in that in that in that record is that he said, "Hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men." And this is they immediately dropped their nets. So it sounds like that's all he said to them. And then boom, they dropped their nets and left him. Left all that they knew and followed him. Okay, <clears throat> but let me show you something. The count. Oh, hmm. Luke chapter five, verse eight. Let me show you a deeper. Um, Jesus calls the first disciples. Luke chapter five. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him. To hear the word, he was standing by the lake of, of uh, Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing in their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their net, their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Did Jesus point out his sin? No. No. When he saw the light, he recognized all the darkness in his life. Jesus showed up 
And he said, I am a sinful man. What does Jesus say? You're right. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> what did he say? For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. <clears throat> and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So apparently these guys were there with him. Mm -hmm. Now we know why they're mending the nets. Because they were busting underneath the fish. Yeah. And they were what? They busting were busting underneath the, the fish. There was so much fish in the net. Remember it said the nets broke? Oh, brought. okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. Isn't that cool? <laughs> and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, <clears throat> Do not be afraid. Let me show you something. When you humble yourself to God, his first response is, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Amen. In the Old Testament, in Exodus, uh, J Moses brought the people to the, to the he brought the people to the to the, the mountain, and it says they trembled in fear. He said, "Fear not, for the Lord has tested you to see if you would fear Him." <laughs> I like, what? <clears throat> fear of the Lord's good. Amen. But not when you're saved. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Once you attain wisdom, which Jesus is wisdom. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the perfect wisdom of God. Fear is no longer necessary. Fear is what got you to Jesus. Fear is what said, I need help. Fear is what said, where I'm going, my life is going to be destroyed. That's fear. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When I receive Jesus, then he says, don't be afraid. Jesus. Jesus is not only perfect wisdom, but he's the perfect love of God wrapped up in one human being. And the scripture says where there's perfect love, there's no fear. Isn't that wonderful? God is God to be feared, but not when he gives you a new identity. Check this out. <clears throat> Do not be afraid. Watch this. So what he says to him, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And Jesus' immediate response was, don't be afraid. From now on. You will be catching men. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> when Peter was confronted by Jesus, he recognized his mess. But he received a life-changing word. You are not a fisherman. You are not a sinful man. Mm -hmm. You are a fisher of men. Where did he say that? Stop. For I am... <clears throat> what verse Depart from me. Verse 8. Luke 5.8. Oh, you were in Luke. <laughs> I'm going to sitting in Matthew. <laughs> Luke 5.8. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And he says, don't be afraid, for now on you will be catching men. Watch this. It was his humility towards the Lord when he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. That was humility. Hmm. So you and God exalted him. He recognized his mess. He recognized where he was. He recognized where he was going. And then Jesus gave him a new identity. It's humility. It says in the scripture, those who humble themselves, God will exalt. So you have to recognize your mess. If you go into a conversation with God and you don't, you're not confident when you walk out, then you walked in with pride. Because God will put you in your place. Wait, say that one more time. If you walk into a conversation and you're not confident anymore, but you're full of more insecurity and fear, the reason why is because you walked in with pride and stayed in pride. God will put you in your place every time, or he will resist you. The scripture says he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you go into a conversation with God and don't come out very confident, then you won't be, then you didn't go in humble. Yes. What if pride uh, is the only thing you knew in your life? <clears throat> uh, 
Well, here's a th well. If, if that's all you know, then you have to go through a humbling experience. Mm, yeah. Yes, mm. <laughs> but, makes sense. But what if you never? I mean, you got to receive it. It's it's something you submit to. It's a choice, a conscious decision. Once you're at the lowest of the low, you have a decision to make. Am I going to stay in this low, or I'm going to humble myself and learn? And learn so what if God? you do have the heart to humble yourself? But it's just like then you're humble. Check this out. It's just like life never gave you an opportunity. Humility is not the absence of pride. Humility, because we all struggle with pride. Humility is the ability to constantly cast your pride aside and say, I'm not going to be prideful about this. Or You're still going to struggle with pride. Mm -hmm. well, I'll die every day. I heard it said that, that humility is relinquishing your strength. And embracing his strength. See, yeah. humility, watch this, humility is submission. It's not giving up. Mm. Giving up is only half of it. If you give up and don't submit, there's a difference. Listen. Giving up is cowardice. Giving up, well. Depends on what you're giving up. If you give up and don't submit. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. Now, if you, you've got to give up. Listen, you've got to give up. You have to say, I can't do this. When you're in the wrestling match with God and your head comes out of socket, better give up. Yeah. <laughs> but then you submit to what he says. After. See, God is not just a, a punishing God where he wants to hurt you and leave you broken. He wants to restore you. But sometimes when people don't realize that they're already destined for brokenness, he can't help you until you realize your brokenness. And you realize your brokenness. Then he can say, okay, now let me help you. That's you. You finally got all. The, That's what I was trying to say. Destined for brokenness. Yes. You're destined for that. You when, when you go when you um, harden your heart or whatever, you always go into brokenness. In the broken state, that's when God says, "Okay, now I can use you." That's when you're susceptible to being too shy. Right. Because because you're ready to submit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sore. If it's getting infected, you've got to cut open the sore to get out the poison. Right, but in pride, you say, don't touch it. Yeah, exactly. Until your arm's about to fall off. Yeah. Then fear, which is the beginning of wisdom, causes you to say, I don't want my arm to fall off. So you go submit. You say, I give up. I can't do this anymore. You go down to the doctor. And you say, hey, so man. it's a new chapter. So it's now, a new beginning. Right, new beginning. It's a death and resurrection. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I was meaning like giving up this thing. Yes, I know. I know what you mean. But there's there's truth in it both. Yeah, no, no, that you're, you're right. If you give up, listen, if you give up and just give up, but you miss the point of giving up, the point of giving up is to submit to someone who loves you. If you just give up and see, okay, there's a difference between giving up and killing yourself and suicide. Yes. See? And a difference in giving yourself up and dying to self and submitting to the Lord. Because one just leads to destruction. <clears throat> One leads to resurrection. You or see? Or giving up in a relationship. Right. Right. There's a difference between giving... See, there's some people that get in arguments with their spouses and then they finally just give up, throw up their hands and stop working on the relationship. Nothing anymore. got resolved. Nothing got resolved. But a submissive person will say, all right, honey, listen, we're going to submit one to another. We're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. And look, this time I'm going to submit to you. That's not giving up. That's true love. That's peacemaking. It's peacemaking. All right, cool. So... <clears throat> For he, watch this, do not be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. And when he had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Isn't that crazy? They had that huge, giant catch of fish. And they 
huge. You're talking probably months and months, maybe a year's worth of catch. In Wyvern. And they just dropped it all. Mm -hmm. Now that's different. <laughs> Some people just follow Jesus for the catch. Mm. What they can get out of it. What they can get out of it. But those who seek to lose their life will gain it. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Why? Good stuff. He ain't called you to be no fisherman no more. <coughs> he called you to be a fisher of men. Uh -huh. You have to embrace your new identity. So a lot of times we have gifts and talents and things like that. We try to do it our way. God says, that's not what I asked you to do. Yeah. You know, listen, I have a, you know, I, I had a, a knack for salesmanship, for talking to people, being a salesman. That's not what God called me to do. He wanted me to be a persuader of men fisher for of the man. gospel. A fisher of not man. for, you see what I'm saying? To be someone who speaks into, into, into look into someone's mm. heart and be able to see what they need and give them a solution for their need. That's what a salesman is. Mm. Salesman, a true good salesman, isn't someone who's trying to make money. A good salesman is someone who looks at what you need. Yeah, but like if you go to the, let's say AT&T and somebody comes and you're like, hey, I'm just trying to sell you this iPhone just because it's new and this and that. Right. But if you look at this iPhone and you see this Android and you see that the Android has more, much more, you know. And that's the way you want. Yeah, that's, that's what you're going to offer because you yeah. know that that's It's your the, job right. as a salesman to figure out what that guy wants and figure it out that quick. Yeah. Right. What do you need? What, what's going to make your life better? So a salesman, that's what he is. But me, you know, the Lord has told me I've not made you to be a, a salesman. I made you to be a solutions provider for the kingdom. You're going to go and look in the hearts of men and say, what do you need? Let me give it to you. Here's, the, here's, here's, here's my inventory. What do you need? You know? It's a very good inventory. <laughs> good stuff. All right. <clears throat> so, you talk to yes, sir. I'm going to say something on this. It's really good but like even in I mean you say that Peter recognized his mess so he recognized his broke his, his brokenness and then when Jesus replied alright you recognize your brokenness now let's let's go set captives free so I think I think if you can't pass if you can't get past your mess you can't get past your brokenness then you won't recognize your value you won't recognize how much, well, it, it, it may be prideful, but you can go to the other side and live in defeat all your life, but you won't recognize how much valuable you are to the kingdom of God and what yeah. God has called you to do. Being broken isn't supposed to, you're not supposed to stay there. No, you're not supposed to stay no, there. No, being broken, listen, being broken is like breaking the soil. When I, breaking the soil. Yeah. You're out doing gardening. You got to break the soil. I know that. If you don't break the soil, you can't put seed in it. Mm. Breaking the soil doesn't mean it's destined to be barren for the rest of its life and be broken. No, the point of being broken was so I can put seed in it, yeah. and so it could grow up and have Soften fruit. The yeah, it softens the ground, gets it prepared for growth. Yes, sir. Or if you don't, like I said, acknowledge your brokenness, you can use your talents in the wrong type of manner, also, right? That's right. You'll continually, you'll continue to grow weeds instead of fruit. That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Yeah, and you always have to constantly guard in your garden too. Make sure that those weeds don't hop over the and get in there. You know? Miracle grow. Mm. Uh, let me read these last two scriptures, and then we'll we'll be done. Greatest commandment. Look over here, Matthew chapter twenty-two. Actually, we're not even going to do that. Y'all know the greatest commandment says this: to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, right? Everything you've got. 
And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the way that you want God to love you is the way you should love others. What's hard time? The way you want God to love you is the way you should love others. If you want God to forgive you, you should forgive others. You know? If you want it's the hardest one for me right there. Make sense? I mean, it's being real. It's the hardest one for me. A lot of us. But for me, yeah. that's, that's real hard. Yeah. Exodus chapter 3 and 4. That's the last passage. We're going to read it. We're talking about Moses and how Moses was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. And it's all he knew. It was his lifestyle. For 40 years, he was a Actually, shepherd. What? It was his lifestyle. It was his livelihood. It was his definition. Oh, his identity was wrapped three. up in what he did. Three? Okay, Exodus, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. I mean, 3 and three. 4. Just go over to ch chapter 4, but to save a bunch of time, okay? So the angel comes and starts burning up the bush. And he comes in there and starts talking to him. And he tells him, you're going to go set people free. Mm -hmm. All right? So check this out. Here's what pride is. If what pride is, is submission. It's pride. I mean, pride is not submitting. Pride is thinking that you know better than God. Mm -hmm. Humility is submitting. So when God says something about you, even if it's too good to be true, you must submit. If you don't submit to the too-good-to-be-true message for your life, it's actually pride. You stay down in condemnation and in the pit of your life. When God says, "You, I don't see you as a sinner anymore, but I see you as a fisher of men, and you say, but I'm a sinner, you just acted in pride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah, that's right. Make sense? Being honest. Yes, well, you're still talking in your feelings. Yeah. Because you feel like a sinner. Well, that just means you haven't embraced. Yeah, you just told me that you're not, so. If you're going by your feelings, then you're not going by faith. Well, you're not believing God's word. Feelings do not equate to faith. So sometimes we'll mess up. We're a sinner, like, like Peter. He goes up to God. And if Jesus says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. He goes, fear not. For I'm going to make you a fisher of men. From now on, you'll be a fisher of men. Peter had a choice right then. To either stay in his broken pit, in a pity party, or decide, I'm going to embrace the new identity God has for me. I'm not that person anymore. I am a fisher of men. I'm not a fisher of men. I'm a fisher of men. I'm not a sinful man. I'm a fisher of men. I'm not someone whose world's been flipped upside down. I'm going to go flip the world upside down. Right there. Man, Golly, come on, Jesus. Faith, feelings are not equivalent to faith. So if I feel like a sinner still, it just means I haven't embraced what God has said about me. Make sense? Now, like I said, it's important to go to the broken state or you can't receive the word that God has for you. If you don't break the soil... You can't put the seed in. But if the seed just spits out, the, if, the, if the ground says, no, I'm a broken soil, and spits out the seed, you see? So we can't do that. We can't be spitting out the seed. We've got to receive. Break down. Yeah. Make sense? All right, now. So Moses is talking to, to, to God. Burning bush. He goes, Moses says, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Alright, so, Moses, it says that Moses was the meekest man to walk on the face of the planet. 
But I believe in this moment right here, his pride was being challenged. Because God had just said to him, I'm going to use you to go set my people free. And he is fighting with this. I can't do it. I stutter. You know, uh, what if they don't believe me? He's not embracing his calling. In this conversation, he is resisting God. So is that pride or is that fear? Both. Or is that both? Pride is fear. Okay. Pride and fear. Yeah. Pride and fear are the same. Yeah. But it is pride. What is pride is when you think no better. You think you know better than God. God just said you're gonna go set my people free, and you don't believe Him. But they're not gonna believe me. And it's like I can just hear God saying, Moses, what part of I'm gonna use you to go set my people free? Don't you understand? Does it matter if they believe you? It doesn't matter. I told you I'm gonna have you go set my people free. Embrace what I told you. Quit fighting me. So here's. So there's a reason. Here's what happens. Sometimes the reason why we don't we can't embrace what God has for us sometimes is because we're still holding on to something else. If your hands are full, you can't take in your hands what God has for you. Amen. You're gonna have to drop what you have and let God put back in your hand what He wants you to have in your hand. Let some things go. You're gonna have to let some things go. So look at God. He says to him, "But they're not gonna listen to me." And what, is, what does God say to him? What is that in your hand? Moses, what is it in your life that you're not letting go of? You don't believe me. You're holding on to something else. Instead of holding on to my word, you're holding on to something else. What is it? What's in your hand? He goes, a staff. He said, throw, he said, throw it on the ground. I love it. I get goosebumps every time I talk about this stuff. Moses, what's in your hand? What do you keep holding on to? Throw it down. Throw it away. Abandon. Abandon. Get rid of it. It's not good for you. He didn't even explain all that. He just said throw it on the ground. Moses obeyed. First time Moses finally submitted to what God was saying. He says, watch this. He says, so he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And it says that Moses ran from it. He ran from the snake. This is so powerful. I believe what God was showing Moses was, listen, it always was a serpent. You thought it was a staff. When you threw it on the ground and you took off the blinders from your eyes, now you could really see it for what it really is. Mm. That thing was going to kill you. The one thing that you're holding on to, that you think you've got figured out. You do have figured out a <laughs> So did it actually turn into a snake? I oh, yeah, I, yeah, I believe it did. Yeah, I believe it did. But I think it was also symbolic of his life. Because that staff represented his job. Represented his livelihood. It represented his authority. He was a sheepherd. It was a shepherd. He still kept it though, right? Afterwards, like whenever he put it as a staff again. Watch this. He said, "Throw it on the ground." It became a serpent, and he says he ran from it. Listen, when you finally realize this, Moses responded properly. When you finally realize what it is you're still holding on to, you're gonna have to let it go, and then you need to run from it. Don't even look at it until God gives you dominion over it again. Hmm. So he ran from it. But the Lord said to him, Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. Which was this? What verse? Uh, Four. Verse uh, four. Exodus. Mm -hmm. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand, catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. They that may be, that they may believe the Lord. Watch this. That they, that they no no no. 
that you might believe, Moses, because you don't even believe me. <laughs> you know? You know? It's good. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put out your hand inside your cloak. Watch this. So he took his hand. Mm -hmm. Listen, everything that Moses touched, everything that Moses touched was a failure. He couldn't be a proper prince. You know? Okay. So he says, put it inside your cloak. So powerful. Just check this out. Mm -hmm. So everything that he put his hand to was was what's about to happen. He said, put it inside your cloak. So he puts it inside his cloak, which is right next to his heart. His heart. Mm, it's good. He pulls it out and it says it was leprosy. His hand was dead. Mm. Moses, everything you touch is death. Your heart's corrupt. Everything you touch is death. So then he says to him, what's this? Put your hand inside your clothes and put it out. It was leprous. Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put it back inside. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. They will not believe on the, even these two signs or listen to my voice. Then you shall take water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. Everything that we think is... Listen, when Moses went against Egypt with God. God assaulted the gods of Egypt. The things, the gods in your life, listen, from the dust on the ground turning into gnats to the Nile, there was a Nile God, fertility God, grain God. God Everything that was attacked, that came, all the, all, the, all the plagues that came back, if you do an in-depth study, you'll realize that each plague was an attack, a direct attack to a particular God yeah. in the Egyptian mythology. Yeah, cool. yeah. Why? God wants to destroy every God in your life. He wants to prove that He is the God. Is the God you serve your own hand? Because those gods are not true. Those gods are not true. Well, not just that. They're, they've been put up in your heart. Is the God, is your God what you can do with your own hands? Is your God your job? Is your God your family? Is your God, what is your God? What are you putting before the Lord? Mm. God says, Ooh, A lot of God. <laughs> God says, put it down. When you put it down, you'll realize that it would kill you. It was going to bite you any minute. It was only death for you. It was a serpent in your hand. And then God gives it back to him. And with this rod now, he became not just a shepherd of sheep, but he became a shepherd of God's people. 600,000 men and their families. Maybe 2 million people. You don't want to talk about, when you submit to the Lord, it says he will exalt you. So when we fully submit to the Lord, what we do is we humble ourselves before him, saying, I know nothing, but then he gives us something, a new identity, a new belonging, a new sense of self-worth. Why? Because I, I, what I was before, I'm no longer defined by. I'm only defined by what he says. The only one who can design you is the one, the only one who can define you is the one who designed you. So we have to stop looking to our girlfriends, stop looking to our wives, stop looking to our children, stop looking to our jobs, stop looking to our money, stop looking to the things we have. Stop looking to whatever in our life that we have put before God because those things can't define you. And what happens is when those things do <coughs> fail us, we end up losing ourselves Amen. because we put our whole self into those things. So when those things fall out from underneath us, our very life has been attacked. So is it only you that can define you or God? God. You can't define yourself. Right. Only God can define you. Only God can define you. And then what happens is this is why we get so destroyed 
when the things that we care so much about in this world fail us mm-hmm. because we put ourselves into those things. And so the defining yourself is pride. Yes. Yes. Okay. If you define yourself as pride, you must let God define you. Okay. Fully submit to Him <clears throat> and let Him define you. Amen. It's powerful stuff. But check this out. When you do receive a word from the Lord, you will be so confident. It's so strange. We're not talking about prideful confidence. We're talking about a confidence that's resting in the submission to God. I know that I'm freaking awesome because God said so. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Not because I think I'm anything. Not because anybody else thinks I'm anything. So when everybody else starts persecuting and coming against me and telling me that I'm nothing, it doesn't matter because I know what he said about me. That's all that matters. You see? And that keeps me confident. People say, man, you're arrogant, eh? Or they might say that. No, I just know who I am in Christ. And I'm only trying to preach the gospel and trying to get set, get people set free from their own mind by who they think they are, because they, they think they're failures. You know, I don't I don't look in the past anymore who I was. Thank you, Jesus, man. Thank you, Father. I'm not who I was before, because I was awful. I was the worst thing ever, you know? Confidence is part of humility. It's weird. <laughs> it's really strange, but it's the truth. When you humble yourself to the Lord, it brings confidence. That's why it says in James chapter 4, he exalts those who humble. Hey guys, thank you so much once again for listening to our podcast. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, we we cannot do it without our followers, without you guys supporting us. Uh, also, if you enjoyed it, please uh, consider maybe donating to our cause. Um, you can go to B-A-L-M-Z-S and click on the Give tab, uh, and that'll give you all of our ministry outlets. We have a recovery house helping men struggling with drug and alcohol addictions. We have a missions team. We have the media. Whatever it is that you feel in your heart like you want to help support, um, please consider making a donation or becoming a monthly sponsor to that outlet. We cannot do it without our supporters, and thank you, everyone, that does support us already. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube and our Facebook page, and be sure to give us a like. Be sure to subscribe and share our posts. We're trying to reach as many people as we can for the gospel, and this is one way that you can help us do that. So please have a great week, and we can't wait to give you another episode next Monday.